me on 25th of July 2021. This year, the year uh, 2,564 by the Thai calendar, or 2021 by the Western calendar. This is the, uh, we think back to the first rains retreat spent here at Wat Mapchan where the Sangha first spent the rains retreat here back in the year 2,528. So this would have been uh, 36 years ago. So this year it's over uh, 30 years of rains retreats at Wat Mapchan. And this rains retreat is the 37th rains retreat uh, for the Sangha at Wat Mapchan. So in the beginning, uh, the monks practicing here and the novices were all very intent on their practice and everyone who came to practice really set their hearts on the practice. And over the years, various uh, monks went to build monasteries in various places throughout Thailand and in in other countries around the world. So for this range retreat, there's a, a sufficient number of monastics. And so may you all be intent in your practice and use this good opportunity that you have and use it well. Because in this strange retreat this year, there won't be uh, any uh, traveling around because it's the uh, rainy season. It's also the time of a pandemic. So it's uh, not suitable to travel around. So we can uh, be, be still be still here and not travel, and this will uh, be conducive for our safety. This is due to the present situation uh, with the pandemic, and so this gives us more time to practice meditation, sit in meditation, to study the Vinaya, the monastic discipline, to study the Dhamma. So may you all be intent in this. So this year we enter the range retreat and we practice to keep the monastic discipline in a way that's even and complete. To do the morning chanting, the evening chanting, uh, we won't have alms round due to the pandemic. So at the time one would normally go for alms, we can do uh, chores and cleaning, keep things uh, neat and tidy and organized, uh, such as doing sweeping, uh, using this extra time to do that. So in our practice, uh, may you be intent, may you do your sitting meditation, and uh, some monastics have determined to do no fewer than five hours of formal meditation every day. And this doesn't include chanting or the evening and morning chanting, but just counting sitting and walking meditation this is something that is possible, something that you can do. So may you really set your hearts on this. This is something that you're truly capable of doing. For instance, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., you can uh, sit meditation for one hour right there. And 7.15, there's chanting, listening to Dhamma. Then you can sit meditation uh, more after that. And then once the formal evening chanting, evening Zoom session is over, then you can meditate for another hour till about 10 p.m. or so. Then you can wake up uh, early in the morning 
go to the morning chanting and then sit in meditation after the morning chanting. Then after eating the meal, you can do walking meditation. And then in the afternoon, you can sit meditation again. So we see that it's possible to achieve this five-hour mark in a way that's uh, easeful and relaxed. So we have everything we need of the four requisites. We have it all in a complete way. This is by virtue of the parami, the spiritual virtues of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And due to the faith of the laity, uh, the laity in Thailand and all over the world, who support the monastics in all ways. So we're spending the range retreat here together, and there's almost 50 monastics here, and then perhaps another roughly 50 monastics at other branch monasteries of Wat Mapchan. And the lay people, through their faith, have offered sufficient food, uh, medicine, uh, lodging, and uh robes and uh, money for electricity and water and so on. So we can see that we live uh, by virtue of the goodness and generosity of others. So may we practice to be ones that are easy to care for, uh, not to be burdensome to others, but to practice to make our minds peaceful. And we see that this is up to us to make our minds peaceful. It's a it's our own uh, inner wealth. So you see that a mind that's collected in samadhi, this is our inner wealth in our own hearts. And sila, virtue, is an inner wealth. And mindfulness in samadhi, it's something that uh, belongs to us. It's our own uh, wealth. So may you be intent and set your hearts on this practice. And we aspire for the highest, which is to attain to the Dhamma to see the Dhamma according to our level. We use uh, sila as our foundation. We have a very firm, well-established faith, faith sufficient to discard many, many things, to discard the uh, convenience and ease of the world, to discard the pleasure and happiness of the world because we seek after a pleasure and happiness that's higher than that. Because there is a higher happiness uh, than the happiness of the world, and that's the happiness of the Dhamma. For instance, the rapture and uh, happiness of samadhi, and then also the happiness of meditation leading to wisdom arising. So we use mindfulness to recollect all the time and all the four postures of sitting, standing, walking, and lying down, to have mindfulness in all these postures, to have mindfulness and sampajanya, clear comprehension, to have this uh, continuously to bring our minds to peace and stillness. We see our body moving about, and we see that the body is just a body. It's not a me, a mind, not a self. In this way, we can have clear knowing our eyes. So we see that all the 40 kamatanas, all the 40 meditation objects, are all for the sake of making the mind peaceful. Whether we are recollecting goodness and merit, recollecting dana, we recollect it all the time to make our minds peaceful. 
we practice virtue, so we recollect virtue, or we can recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, or the Sangha, and recollect the goodness and sacrifice uh, that we've done, or recollect uh, the qualities of Hiri and Otapa, uh, moral shame and moral conscience. These are the qualities of a deva, a heavenly being. And this uh, uh, practice is suitable for one of a faith character type to recollect like this. And this practice of recollecting can bring the mind uh, rapture, happiness, feelings of fullness. So therefore, may we strive and make effort in our practice. Uh, don't give up, don't retreat, really set your hearts on this. Don't be heedless. Practice wholeheartedly to be able to bring the mind to peace and collectedness. If there's no peace and no collectedness, that means that we've let go of our mindfulness. And when we let go of mindfulness, then we're letting the mind uh, chase after all the moods and sense impressions. So we need a meditation object, such as Budo, Dhammo, Sango, these meditation words, so that we're not always thinking here and there, thinking about other things. So whatever posture we're in, we keep our kamatana with us. And when we're not mindful and we receive these sense impressions, then we proliferate based on these sense impressions. And all this proliferation, all this story-making, it's all about the self, all about me and mine, you and yours. So keep your kamatana, your meditation object with you, and use this very good opportunity that we have. Because in this time period, we're not traveling, we're putting down uh, various work duties. So may you use this chance uh, put down your work and uh, set your heart on this practice of Dhamma to make your mind peaceful. Spread loving kindness to yourself and spread loving kindness to all beings. And we can consider that beings are encountering a lot of difficulty these days. For instance, difficulty in finding a livelihood, difficulty in caring for their own lives. Because with the pandemic, beings may be out of work not have enough uh, money to take care of themselves and their family. And yet the laity still have the faith to share with the Sangha. So therefore we can't be selfish. May we strive to practice Dhamma all the time throughout the entire Rains Retreat. So we must uh, set our hearts, we must be intent on this. It's not beyond our capability, it's not beyond our effort and determination to do this. So may you have this faith, this effort, this striving, this firm intent uh, to practice in this way, to strive in your Dhamma practice. And we don't need anyone to control us or force us to do it, but we do it anyway. We must be able to do this, to have effort uh, and the four types of effort to give rise to unarisen wholesome states, uh, to increase already arisen wholesome states, to abandon arisen unwholesome states, and to avoid unarisen unwholesome states. And we practice to bring the mind to samadhi. And we practice to 
uproot the kilesa, the defilements that are deeply embedded in the heart, such as the sense of self, seeing things in terms of self, which is very deeply embedded in the, in the heart. And we have greed, aversion, and delusion, these defilements embedded as well. So we contemplate all of this as not a me, not a mind, not a self. Just like Venerable Anya Kondanya, he saw clearly arising and ceasing. He was the first awakened disciple. So we practice following in his footsteps. So may we have effort without ceasing, have firm, firmly established mindfulness to give rise to wisdom. So before we may have have had minds that are agitated and chaotic. And we may have many rains retreats already as uh, monastics, so we know the way to practice already. But for those monastics in this situation, they have to be careful as well. Be careful not to be too relaxed and too at ease, because one can get to a point where one feels relaxed, but their mind still lacks collectedness and lacks samadhi. So therefore we must practice dhamma. You must do your meditation, do your chanting. For instance, chanting the qualities of the Buddha chant, starting with Itipiso, chanting all throughout the day, chanting a lot to uh, increase mindfulness and to bring the mind to stillness. So we can chant Itipiso, Bhagawa, Arahang, Sama, Sambuddho, and so on to bring the mind to stillness. And as the mind gets more and more calm, then we can come just to the word buto, buto. And we recollect the, the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha in this way. And as the mind quiets down, we come to just buto only. The mind is peaceful, still, and collected. At this point, the word buto can go away. The breath itself goes away. At this point, the mind is very still and empty. We feel like we're sitting all alone. The body and mind feel very light. But to realize this, one must sit in meditation for a longer period of time, uh, such as at least an hour. If one has various pains in the body, one must uh, fight with this vedana, with these feelings, uh, and train the mind not to think here and there, not to think elsewhere, but to have effort in one's dhamma practice not just to let the mind go chasing after uh, sense objects and following its old habits, but use mindfulness to watch over the mind, to study the mind. And whether we're using the term mind or heart, uh, it means the same thing. It refers to this knowing element. And this knowing element is that which knows uh, sense impressions. We call that the mind or the jitta or the heart. And we can ask, well, who is it that knows a sense experience? Well, it's the knowing element. And when this knowing element is diluted, then suffering arises. But we don't want this suffering. We don't want dukkha. So we consider that dukkha suffering has a cause. And the Buddha taught all dhammas, all phenomena have a cause. In the case of suffering, suffering has a cause as well. Therefore, with the cessation of the causes of suffering, uh, suffering ceases as well. So we see that happiness and suffering, pleasure and pain, 
they all arise and cease based on causes and conditions. With the cessation of those causes and conditions, the happiness uh, or pleasure, the suffering or pain cease as well. And when we have these feelings with delusion, then we feel a sense of self as well. We feel that it's a, it's me that has pleasure or pain, a me that likes or dislikes, me that feels uh, neutral, neither pleasure nor pain. It's all me, it's all mine, it's all you and yours as well. So this is all the story of self arising all the time. So therefore we need mindfulness to watch over the mind. So wherever, whatever we feel, wherever we go, we uh, pick up the sense of self uh, based on delusion. And we have pleasure, pain, uh, fear, anger, uh, greed, attraction, ignorance. It all, all these phenomena arise and cease all the same. In truth, there's no self there to be found. All you find there is arising and ceasing based on causes and conditions. And when those causes cease, those phenomena cease. So this is, how, this is just how it is. This is samsara, the cycle of birth and death. So we establish our mindfulness well to bring our mind to peace and collectedness, to see clearly this proliferation, to give rise to wisdom, to give rise to knowing. And this is the wisdom that arises from Dhamma practice, the wisdom uh, that arises from direct experience, from the mind that's peaceful and collected. This is knowing that arises not from thinking, but it knows clearly into not-self. This knowing that there's no self, it's a clear and direct knowing in the heart. And when this knowing arises, it is very, uh, it's very clear and apparent in the mind. Sometimes we can compare it to uh, something we experience from time to time where we lose something, the object is lost, and we're looking for it, and we can't find it. And we look for it many times, and we still can't find it. But then one day we think to ourselves, oh, I, th I think this object's over here, maybe I'll look over here. And then we find it in that spot. So knowing arises right there when we find it. Before we may have thought, oh, maybe it's here, maybe it's there, and we keep looking for it, and we don't find it. So when the mind is gathered in samadhi and knows clearly, it's like this. This knowing is the wisdom arising. It's not from thinking. But in the beginning, we use the wisdom of thinking. We can think, well, how is this body? Is it a self? Am I able to control the body? Can I prevent aging? Can I prevent sickness? Can I prevent death? And when the body dies, what is it like? Uh, in the past, the society would throw corpses into the forest, to the um, cremation ground, or to the place where they dispose of corpses, and they wouldn't burn them. They'd just throw them away there. And you could observe the bodies rotting, degrading, um, having various fluids ooze out of them, being eaten by maggots and worms and mice 
and uh, really all the animals and insects would come to eat the corpse. This is something I've seen myself. There's the arm, a human arm uh, from a human corpse, and a dog uh, picked up that arm and took it as food. So we see this, and we we don't we see we don't see it as a person anymore. We see it's just that arm is just food at that point. We see that no one wants uh, corpses like this. No one wants the body anymore. So we see when there's no breath left, then we don't uh, want to cling to that body anymore. No one wants it anymore. In the present time, people are losing their breath a lot due to the COVID pandemic. And whether the people die from the COVID disease or from other diseases, um, there's a lot of deaths at the present time. Uh, from disease particularly. And when people die of COVID, uh, sometimes the their relatives or whoever's discarding their corpse will ask uh, forgiveness from that person because they hurry to burn the corpse uh, right away to prevent the spread of the virus because they're worried that uh, the traditional funeral rites will give give rise to more spreading of the COVID virus. So they just burn it right away and they apologize to the deceased. So we can see right here, the body is the home of all illnesses. The body is the food for illnesses like COVID. So contemplate right at this point, contemplate like this. Contemplate like this and the mind can realize samadhi on some occasions and the mind can understand more deeply. So we call this the wisdom that comes from thinking. And then we get a mood or sense impression, the sense of self arises, uh, greed arises, uh, aversion arises, uh, fear arises, delusion arises. So contemplate right here. Uh, what is what is one... Uh, deluded about or greedy about or averse to what is really going on right there in truth uh, does it really exist so you see that if you contemplate uh, and see clearly you'll see that there's really nothing there it's just all dhamma arising and passing it's just the knowing element receiving sense uh, objects and this uh, thing we call a being is really just the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. There's no me, mine, you or yours to be found. There's no self to be found. And this knowing element itself is not self. The knowing element is just an element of nature. It's not a me or a mine. But delusion uh, keeps saying that it is a self, that it is, is a me and a mine. But in truth, there's no self to be found. There's no me, mine, you, or yours. This is something very amazing, a miracle. So when the self arises, the sense of self arises. No right there. And contemplate that we, we study and we gain a livelihood, and it's all for the sake of the self. And right there, suffering arises ever since birth. Then we go to work 
and we get more suffering. And we, so we see that the suffering doesn't stop, it just keeps going ever since birth. And when we end our work, then uh, different problems arise again, more problems arise again. And this happens all the way till death. Then after death, we just get born again, and then we get more problems and new problems arise right there, more suffering. So contemplate to see this all as anatta, not self. See that it's just the elements of earth, air, fire, and water, and just the knowing element. It's all not self, not a me or a mine. And we see that this following of sense impressions, uh, deludedly following them, is due to avijja, ignorance. And we can say ignorance is the owner, it's the manager of this whole uh, process. So this proliferation in the mind based on ignorance we can ask the mind, uh, do you really want this? And we see that we don't want it. Whether we have uh, liking or disliking, seeing the body as beautiful, we see that it's uh, the cause of suffering. But we still get lost and proliferate. We still have liking, uh, disliking, hatred, fear, uh, love and attraction and ignorance. And this is birth happening again. But we consider that we have had birth, but we've been born in this life as human beings. And this is a very good fortune on our part. So may you be careful, may you be heedful, may you have mindfulness. Because if there's a lot of greed, a lot of aversion, or a lot of delusion, or a mixture of any of those three, then the mind can be lowered to the level of an animal or fall even lower than an animal as well. So at the very least, we should try to make our minds at the level of a human or at the level of a deva, a heavenly being. And this is something that we can realize in this very life. While we're, while we're still alive as humans, we can uh, raise our minds uh, to a higher level. So we practice to have virtue, to recollect the goodness and merit that we've done, such as the laity that practice generosity, we've en and they uh, enter, or they give uh, offerings throughout the range retreat and throughout the year as well. And they make offerings to support and help the Buddhist dispensation. So this is someone with the mind like a heavenly being already and also the lady that chant and listen to Dhamma and meditate. This is the mind of a deva, a heavenly being, a mind with uh, inner happiness, uh, contentment, and joy. And this is a mind with uh, virtue, with sila as well. So may you have mindfulness and wisdom. May you contemplate these four requisites all the time. Contemplate uh, that one uses them uh, wisely, one uses them for their appropriate use. Uh, just like the chant that we chanted tonight, and we chant regularly, Ajamaya Apachawe Kitawa Yang Chiwarang Paributang. So we practice to not be heedful with our use of the four requisites, but we use them for the sake of our Dhamma practice, to bring our 
to give rise to the qualities of mindfulness, samadhi, and wisdom in the mind for the sake of seeing the Dhamma. So may you be heedful, may you set your hearts on this practice. So in this 37th Rains Retreat of Wat Mapchan, may you all, all the monastics, may you really set your hearts on this practice. May you be firmly intent. And then in this very Rains Retreat, it's possible that you'd be able to see clearly into the Dhamma. This is something that you can do. So may you be heedful and be intent in your practice.